0: Okay, we'd like to welcome you back to our current event and weekly Bible study for September 2nd, 2012. I'm going to play a couple clips from a recent uh, interview this last week. This will, it's kind of like the cherry on top of the Sunday for part one, confirming what, we, what we've what we just been talking about for part one, what we talked about last week, and many other studies as well um, regarding this information. So I'm going to go ahead and roll this. This is Alex Jones interviewing Steve Quayle. We're going to play two different clips here, and then we'll continue with the study.
1: Now, the craziness of of all this beginning to come true is sinking in out there with people. But you mentioned drones right up there in North Dakota. Third time the cows have come on the family's property, you know, under common law. You take them after that. Now, they call them rustlers, call in an Air Force Homeland Security drone with the police. Uh, They're now announcing they're using them on us. Joseph Farah of World Net Daily, drone over his house while he's walking the dog, a police drone. I'm driving into work. See a drone flying over the highway just three weeks ago. Uh, they've done. Four-
0: now, this isn't stu- stuff they're just making up. I mean, he showed the drone. He actually went up to the guy that was running the drone. <laughs> that was pretty hilarious. But <laughs> the guy was running it from the side of the road, and I don't think the guy had a clue the guy that was running the drone when Alex Jones went up to him, but Joseph Farah, drone over his house. Alex Jones, I mean, they're being seen all over the place, these drones. So, this isn't something that we're making up. I just talked about the drones in the very end of the last teaching, the last part of the teaching, and I thought this would be a good kind of segue into this particular one.
1: ...order requests and found out Homeland Security is watching our site constantly and is very concerned about what we're doing. Uh, So... So this is a foreign globalist takeover. What do you make of the bankers, and and then I want to get into your sources and time frames and how they can try to stage this, and in your view, can we avert what's happening, but why do you think they're on TV, CNBC, C-SPAN, hundreds of financial publications saying, yes, global government has taken over and America's been conquered. They use that term, that they've conquered us and that we're, quote, slaves, are they trying to just get us acclimated, just like military drills in every city, TSA, giant black armored vehicles showing up everywhere, TSA at high school football games? I mean, I guess they're just getting us ready for martial law.
2: What's happening? Well, it's not only that they're getting us ready for martial law. Again, Alex, when the Red List, Blue List, Green List came out, it was from a gentleman who's dead now. He was murdered for the information. He was with the Environmental Protection Agency.
0: Okay, now when you hear that term, Red List, Blue List, Green List, you're dealing with the pickup lists that are to be implemented when martial law in the United States goes down the ones that the red list will be the first ones that the government will go to pick up and they will be marked for extermination and then it gets into the blue list and these now this has been known for decades literally I mean at least probably two decades I'd say. Uh, on the red and blue. It was one of the first things I learned about way back when I first started discovering this type of information. So that's what he's in reference to.
2: And what he told me in plain terms were, Steve, when this thing comes down, now remember, I started talking about this 10 years ago. It was only when... the people started to realize that hey there's a lot of foreign troops and stuff going on, and what's with all, all the all the issues we've talked about? Alex, they are not coming to arrest people the camps they are coming. To, and, and if you know the background of some of uh, uh, the, the writers, and you've talked about it on your show, that basically airs and others that the current administration listens to, they are talking and have talked for a decade that's necessary for 30 to 50 million people to die. My friend Gary, who gave me the information... So
0: in other words, they're not coming to arrest people, they're coming to kill people. Okay, Whether they kill them there when they get them or whether they take them to a concentration camp and do it. That's their goal, because remember, the first first commandment of the New World Order, Ten Commandments, and the Georgia Guidestones is to reduce world population to 500 million, which is, you know, you're looking at a 95 to 90% reduction in world population. So this would be the time, if they were going to really try to ramp that up and initiate it, that would be the time they would be looking at doing it.
2: Before he was murdered, said Steve, the red list at that time was 30 million people. My general friends in special operations told me almost, uh, let's see, probably seven years ago that at that time, Alex, there were 425,000 NATO troops in the United States stationed in a lot of the military bases that had been closed down by George Bush Sr. And if you remember well, that's that, what's coming out.
1: They brought them in under NATO and put them in plain clothes with cover jobs as well. The bankers have done an infiltration op with sleeper cells all over the U.S.,
2: and that's begun to come out as well, just like they're using... Sorry, go ahead. No, no, you're right, and forgive me, because I know I get excited about this. The bankers are the controllers of the world. Jesus said the love of money is the root of all evil. My statement, following up just and kind of making it easy, the control of money is the control of all evil. These are nothing more than mercenary forces designed To rape, pillage, and plunder. The United States has sold off our technology. We've sold off a lot of our water sources. ID Jesse Ventura did, a, you know, one of his series on one of the Great Lakes that was sold to the Swiss, and they have claims to all the water. Uh, again, Alex, we have now, we are being pillaged and plundered, $17 trillion was stolen from the American middle class. Now, every day, I must post at least a half a dozen articles of how the middle class is dying and and, and there's no money and people can't feed themselves. Ladies and gentlemen, $17 trillion was stolen by the biggest investment bank in the in the country and nobody goes to jail and absolutely Corzine gets busted with MF Global and then PFG best and nobody goes to jail and yet you've got a prison system that has more people of uh, probably innocent or small minor crimes in prison because it's big business. Alex, what they're going to do, the bankers are going to initiate the destruction of the U.S. dollar and the euro, they're going to bring on a global currency, and that global currency, the entrance into it and requirement to be able to do commerce in the globalist New World Order is the mark of the beast, what the Bible talks about, that no man can buy or sell, save he takes a And mark. now, suddenly, they have, in Texas,
0: Department of Defense, in fact, pull this up or New... Now, I don't think that's going to happen overnight, the whole mark of the beast thing, obviously, but ultimately that's where it will end up.
1: Viewers won't believe it, because when I first heard it, I didn't believe it. San Antonio, Dallas, you name it, they have Department of Defense-funded program with cameras that watch how much food the kids eat to analyze, and they've got a, cameras, AI, watching them in the schools, looking to the Department of Defense to study behavior and stuff. They're now getting ready to face scan with a digital photo to buy and sell uh, you won't get discounts unless you face scan. It's called um, uh, face deals with Facebook, which they admit Pentagon run. They are rolling out everywhere the cashless society, shutting down swap meets, shutting down garage sales, Amish, uh, lemonade sales. $2 million school cafeteria camera study creates controversy. And it goes on as Department of Defense, um, you know, running the whole thing. Uh, here in Austin, they make. Now the kids wear GPS around their necks. I mean, it's all here. It is so diabolical. And the government, I think this is a big deal.
0: Okay, we will be reporting on that GPS tracking RFID chips in the later part of the study, probably part three. I don't know. This might be part three or part four. It just depends. But we will be talking about that.
1: In Alabama, California, and other places are now giving little kids vaccines without parental consent. I mean, that is so illegal, but they just do it. I mean, the government is really moving faster now. And so we've had this... Sol- now,
0: the stuff he's talking about has been verified. It's not like it's conspiracy theory. These are things where mainstream news has admitted to this stuff. So somebody could say, well, yeah, Alex Jones saw conspiracy theory. But when you can verify it and prove it in the news, it's, it's not a conspiracy it's just fact, and they're so far out in the open, and they're so blatant in what they're doing. It's just provable. It's so easily provable anymore. Um, so again, that that's something to bear in mind.
1: To take over,
2: you say they're getting closer to a hard takeover. Right, and I would encourage everybody to go on Doug Hagman's site because his source, which I know he's talked to you about, Alex, on the air, his source, Rosebud, has told him it's going hot. I think he just told him that in the last 24 hours. Now, it's going hot means that a manufactured series of events is going to take place, and they're going to portray uh, that the white Gun owners in America are terrorists, and that's what they're going to do. They're going to initiate, which they've already done, in their failed attempts at uh, you know the shootings uh, in Colorado and stuff, and uh, even even being called. Alex, I was called uh, through a cutout by a, a district attorney and another county saying they they knew that there were multiple shooters, and they knew there were two military and two uh, you know uh, local, uh, uh, if you will, law enforcement involved in the shooting. Not helping, but. Are still excuse me, not stopping it, but actually involved in the shooting. So right now they're getting ready, and i got to make this clear, brother. I go on with you. I know this. This may be the last time, God forbid, that you and I ever talk, but I'm telling you they are getting ready to pull the plug. Pull the plug on people means once they initiate this, uh, this whatever the event is, everything's in place. How about this, Alex? I don't know if you've heard this yet. I just posted this as an alert on my website, stevequail.com, And by the way, I've gone to 24-7, okay? Yeah, I mean, in, in, in the old days, I had a webmaster. Now I'm able to post my own stuff. And since I don't sleep, I drag the most important stories, put them in there, and then, you know, we, we update my website 24-7. But here, this is today's posting. May I read this to you? Because it will blow your mind. Yes, please. I wanted to, Steve, I wanted to let you know about a very strange thing I witnessed last night around 7 p.m. on Highway 2 just outside of Kalispell, Montana. Heading west on Highway 2, we approached what we thought was an accident. Fire trucks, a sign that said accident ahead, and firemen with signs saying slow. The fire trucks were blocking the right lane, which made you have to go around them, and then you followed directions, which placed you in front of two officers holding digital face recognition cameras. I recognize the camera seat from when I had to go to Homeland Security for my TWIC card in Florida. There was no accident. There were big black bands of Montana State Police cards with Department of Justice below the Montana State Police sign. They were not stopping people. They were just taking their photos. And he says, may God bless us and help us all.
1: Well, that's right. They're getting, I mean, that's admitted. They're now putting veterans in these gang databases and they will, off uh, face-scanning cameras on the street, get your face scanned. They don't have an up-to-date one to put in the database. So they want it to attach it to your, to your license plate so that they can create an integrated computer program. They've got license plate readers on the police cars now. I mean, don't the police understand that, that this technology is for the globalists to enslave us and that they are collaborators now when they're part of this unconstitutional stuff? With the globalists, who are as evil
2: as it gets? I think that they haven't made the connection. Now, let me tell you what the blue list is. The blue list are all the police and the military that cooperate for the first 30 to 60 days of the slaughter, okay? And then when they are done going along with the the plan of the globalists and the... In the different uh, assassins, which are assigned to each police department, sheriff department, and uh, unit in the military, take over. Now, Alex, when we talk about...
0: Now, this is where the foreign troops come in. They integrate people like the Russian Spetsnaz troops. And they're trained so much and so far in English that you can't tell they're Russian. I mean, they come in, I mean, they speak perfect English. They put them into, pre them ahead of time in police departments, sheriff departments, the military. And then he's saying that the first 30 days or however long, when the military, our military, goes along with um, whatever, then at the end of that time, then those people are... Hitler did the same thing. Hitler did a very similar thing. With the people that I believe was the, the night of the long knives, when he actually took out his own people who had helped him initially, and then he took all of them out and instituted even more wicked people in their place. It's going to be the same exact scenario here. Okay, so this is what the blue list is. Red list—they've already been taken out at this point. Now, thirty days later, sixty days, whatever. Then the blue list is enacted. Then they, they they activate these assassins that are already prepositioned in our military, in our police departments, in the sheriff, and then they take out our guys. And that's the that's the um, the agenda here. Spetsnaz. Spetsnaz is Russian special forces.
2: They're trained primarily for just general mayhem, assassination. Explosions, if you will, they're the fifth column operatives that go in and start taking people out and stuff. So it's kind of ironic. We're fighting with the Soviet Union. You saw the statement that Obama leaned over to up uh, and said, uh, "Wait until my second term. Tell Vladimir that you know I'll have more flexibility." And up um, said, "I'll take it to Vladimir." The point that's critically crucial and time-sensitive for people to understand is the very positioning of the special forces, the Russian special forces, is indicative of the Blue List takeout. Alex, I plead with law enforcement. I'll plead with those that'll listen to this show. I so,
0: again, you could say, oh, I don't believe in the Blue List. Well, then why have they prepositioned all of these Russian Spetsnaz troops? We're getting all kind of confirmations of it. I, I've seen this going back... Uh, a long time now that they've been they're they're pre-positioning these inside these departments and the very fact that they're actually doing this is indicative of, of the validation of the actual blue list is what the point he was trying to make
2: lead with those who are in the three-letter agencies, you don't know what they've got planned for you after you go along with it. That's why they're going to sequester their families of law enforcement and of military and keep their families ultimately as a hostage.
1: Because well, that happens every time. The Soviets
2: did that. Hitler did that. with not at the long time. But, but the point is, how do you then
1: look at George Soros and the global...
0: Okay, so I'm going to stop there. But again, then they're, uh, on top of that, they're going to actually sequester their families. And I've seen they've done drills regarding this where they've actually moved the person, the military person, two states away and, and then told the, the, the military person or the person in law enforcement, oh, we don't worry, your family's in safe hands with us. You just go along with whatever your the, your government's telling you to do and, and don't worry about your family. They're They're safe with us. We have them. So in other words, it's like blackmail, blackmailing them with your own family. So that will be... You know, if you didn't want to go along with it, then you're going to have a tremendous motivating factor, know, knowing that they could they could kill your family if you don't go along with orders. <laughs> so this is what we're being set up for in this country. So I'm going to go now. I'm going to go to the next clip. Okay, so for the second clip, Alex is going to play a clip from. He's going to describe it here.
1: Clip, uh, Mr. Graphwall, uh, the infiltrator of the weather. Underground, and later convicted of this, uh, where they openly talk about killing 25 million of us, that 50 million would have to go to the re-education camps, and half of us would have to be killed. Th- these are the people he's in the meeting with that raised Obama and that he lived with, and now we have the Army Manual where they're training them for re re-education camps in America. The nightmare is coming true. It's happening, and denying it will only let them take over. Here it is.
3: I brought up the subject of what's going to happen after we take over the government. Uh, you know, we, we become responsible then for administrating, you know, 250 million people. And there was no answers No one had given any thought to economics. How are you going to clothe and feed these people? The only thing that I could get was that they expected that the Cubans and the North Vietnamese and the Chinese and the Russians would all want to occupy different portions of the United States. Now,
0: this this is not like last week this interview happened. I don't know how old this is, but it looks pretty old. And he's saying, you know, the Cubans and the Chinese and the Russians that they're going to want to occupy different parts of America. This is the exact same scenario we're talking about now, that evidently they've had planned for decades.
3: ...we believe that their immediate responsibility would be to protect against what they called the counter-revolution. And uh, they felt that this counter-revolution could best be guarded against by creating and establishing re-education centers in the Southwest. Uh where we would take all the people who needed to be re-educated into the new way of thinking and teach them how things were going to be. I asked, well, what is going to happen to those people that we can't re-educate, that are die-hard capitalists? And the reply was that they'd have to be eliminated. And when I pursued this further, they estimated that they would
0: have to eliminate... So 25. diehard capitalists, well, that implies, you know... What is, what is the biggest thing that you see, you know, Obama's been, you know, he's a communist, he's a socialist, he's a fascist, he's also a Muslim. Okay, so he would be the perfect guy to have an office if you were to adopt that type of mentality. This guy is most likely been brought up as a communist ideology. And to communists, capitalists are the great Satan. They're the great evil. So that's his frame of reference here.
3: Five million people in these re-education centers. And when I say eliminate, I mean kill 25 million people. I want you to imagine sitting in a room with 25 people, most of which have graduate degrees from Columbia and other well-known educational centers, and hear them figuring out the logistics for the elimination of 25 million people. And they were dead serious.
4: All right.
0: okay so that was from the documentary uh let me just get that from nineteen eighty two evidently let me just let me just play that last part again here okay so that was from the documentary nineteen eighty two which is totally you know like it, it's totally accurate regarding the times we're moving into. Uh, no Place to Hide, the documentary from 1982. So, All right, there you go, ladies and gentlemen.
1: I've interviewed him recently. Uh, the uh, gentleman that broke that down, that all came out in court as well.
2: Uh, your comments on that, Steve Quayle? Well, it goes along with everything we know, everything they're trained for. And by the way, when he said that, the difference is, now now they're talking, Alex, they have to get rid of 50 to 75 million. Get rid of, and I want people to understand this, once this comes down... the Now, that's
0: just in America. 50 to 75 million, just in America alone.
2: Hawk on the door isn't coming to say, oh, will you please surrender your guns and have a nice day and go back and watch whatever mindless show. They're not only coming to take you away and blow you away, but to steal your stuff. One of uh, Hawk was listening in on a recorded message of a Canadian military, high-ranking Canadian military general, who was openly laughing about the Americans going to be pillaged. Look, if you take 30 to 50 million Americans and you basically waste them away Take them away or blow them away. they got a lot of stuff. That's the payment that has been promised to all the troops, okay? The plunder, if you will. Everything that they're going to take. It doesn't matter if you got a nice SUV or whatever. That becomes plunder to the people that are taking over this nation. This is something that, and and when that thing was let known in real time, it sent shockwaves through the intelligence community.
0: So when the, when the foreign troops come in, they're going to be there's all kind of perks they've been promised. They eliminate us, they get to take our stuff. So there's a motivation for them to kill the American population because. You know, obviously, if we're left alive, we're going to lay claim to what might rightfully be ours. But if we're not here and we're dead, then, and there's no witnesses, it's like when pirates used to board ships on the, you know, when the pirates of old in the Caribbean and those types of things. One of the main tactics was to kill every man, woman, and child. Sometimes they would spare the women so that they could have their way with them for months afterward. But then they would ultimately kill them as well, typically. But, if they were to do that, there were no witnesses of the piracy. So, again, that would be a big-time motivation for the foreign troops as well.
2: Even the, you know a pretty high-ranking general got balled out for making that statement in the open. But, you see, I believe God is warning us. And I, I want to bring that, that whole issue up right now because, listen... We are being destroyed for lack of knowledge. Mainstream media is the message. It is the madness. It is the mind control. So when you go out, and I go out, and we do everything we can to warn as many people as we can, apathy, indifference, laziness, and and, and right now, Alex, so few people will stand up. God bless those who do. Speak up. The bottom line is, is that they're going to be confronted with overwhelming forces. Let's face it, you and I can't outrun a Hellfire missile with a, uh, you know, an attack helicopter. I over hear down. you. Listen,
1: uh, you mentioned this. I know it's coming up on your radio show uh, this evening, so we'll give people all the times for that, and it's also re-aired. But you talked about Mr. Hagman. We're going to go to break here and get him on with you with that breaking news from his source. Uh, that uh, has been breaking down the fact that they're being told all hell's going to break loose in October uh, or November, late October.
0: Now, that was from the uh, one source I read you where it was going hot, that one where his source was Rosebud. He's bringing him on next, Hagman. Now, I'm not going to play that because we've already kind of covered that information, and I'm trying to be rapid fire here and not be too redundant. I know a lot of the stuff is redundant, but it's coming from different sources. So, anyway, I just wanted to throw that in there.
1: Early November, I've had police call in when they had tanks rolling around St. Louis uh, and, and police I later talked to off air and confirmed they were police that had been told the hammer will be dropped uh, in early November as the October surprise. Uh, we've seen in the news they preparing for civil unrest. I'm not saying it's 100% going to happen because we can get a reprieve or we can expose it and back them off. Because if of the globalists gauge that they can't pull this off and then pose as the saviors, they may back off. But they may have also put things in motion that they can't stop. I want to get your take on that. But as we get
0: so, again, from the sources I'm seeing, it appears that anywhere from mid October to later November would be the time frame that this would most like something of this magnitude or order would start to happen. And most likely, if it starts to happen, it's going to be like a domino, a chain of dominoes going down. There's going to be further things implemented in order to. instill maximum terror and fear and and those types of things because that's part of the whole shock and awe scenario, order out of chaos.
1: Ready to go to Mr. Hagman to give us an update and to get your comments, Steve, in closing. Here is a clip of that county judge, for folks outside Texas, that's the the, the mayor of the county uh, out in Lubbock, Texas, pretty big town, city, Saying they're not going to go along with UN troops and world government, and that he needs more deputies to fight the UN. Well, the problem is it's going to be our our military mixed in with the UN, our military that will follow orders. From what I've seen, here's that clip, and we'll get your take on that, and then go to Mister Hagman. Here it is. So now this is
0: a county judge from Lubbock, Texas, on I think Access Type TV. Talking about this, and this was on like the front page of CNN last week, so this created a lot of waves. And here's what he was saying
3: try to
1: hand over the sovereignty of the United States to the UN. Mm-hmm. Okay, what's going to happen when
0: that happens? Mm-hmm. I'm thinking worst case scenario, right? Now. Right, okay. civil unrest, civil disobedience. Now, here's a county judge saying that they're going to hand over the sovereignty of the United States to the UN. What's going to happen here? Civil war. Maybe. I and mean, we're not talking just a few riots here and demonstrations. We're talking we're talking Lexington, Concord, take up arms and get rid of the guy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, what's going to happen if we do that, if mm-hmm. the public decides to do that? Mm-hmm. He's going to send in U.N.
1: troops. I don't want them in Lubbock County. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to stand in front of their pers- armored personnel carrier and say, you're not coming in here. Mm-hmm. And the sheriff, I've already asked him, I said, are you going to back me? He said, yeah, I'll back you. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't want a bunch of rookies back there. True. I want trained, equipped. That's good. The full clip is on Fox 34 out of Lubbock. By the way, where Marcos used to work, one of our great crew members, he moved from Lubbock here to be with us. Now, Steve, we're going to get Doug Hagman on here in just a moment with the breaking news he's got from his source that you were kind enough to inform us of, uh, that it had just broken over at their site. You've got links to that at stevequell.com. It's up there at the Northeast Intelligence Network website as well. We're going to go to that. Uh, here in just a moment. But, Steve Quayle, what did you make of the clip uh, that we just played and the the big national news of that county judge saying we're not going to put up with a
2: globalist takeover? Well, first of all, I think he's probably one of the most outspoken, honest men in the country. Thank God that he's a man and and absolutely stood for what he believes and is standing up for what he believes. And I've got to tell you, every single person that listens to you, Alex, and listens to me and listens to Doug, has got to adopt that attitude. That we go for broke because, uh, look, my prayer is, look, we can't stop these guys totally, but we can raise the awareness of those in the military and the law enforcement and understand that they're going to be killed, murdered by the same group of people that are trying to get them to murder us. And so I would say this, anybody who uses a statement that you're just following orders or that you're just basically doing what you're commanded to do, that's called the Nuremberg non-defense.
1: It didn't work for Hitler, and won't work. For That's you. right. Don't be a collaborator. Now, Doug Hagman...
0: Okay, so he's going to go into the Doug Hagman thing now, and there's we've already uh, I've already established uh, we've already talked about that. Okay, so let's continue further here. Uh, that was our, our audio clip. Now, again, that what that did is that rounded out all the information I went into in part one, a lot of the information I went into in last week's teachings, and obviously previous teachings, so um, hopefully you can see at this point it's not just some fringe conspiracy theory that we're dealing with here, this is this is getting more in our face, more obvious, more blatant, more flagrant, literally by the day, and it's hard for me to even keep up with it, I would need a show like Alex Jones to really even keep up with it, he doesn't even get to all the news when, when he goes into stuff, because it's just rapid fire coming at you uh, every day now. Next article, Uh, Philadelphia woman faces $600 a day fine for feeding needy children. Now, again, this is just evidence of how unbelievably evil and corrupt our system is becoming. A Pennsylvania woman who offers free lunch every day to low-income children in her neighborhood faces a $600 a day fine next summer if she continues because she did not clear the food giveaway with township officials. So, I mean, this is just insanity. Angela Prades donates her time to distribute the meals and adheres to strict paperwork like filling out weekly reports and being visited bi-weekly from a state worker. This is like Big Brother has to micromanage everything now. Uh, Angela saw it as a way to contribute to her community in a positive way. Uh, Ann Alella, a member of the Archdiocese, said, and there was nothing in it for her. Pratis laughed and said, I don't make a dime off this. You can read the full, full news story here at Fox News, and that was Fox News reporting on that. Um, next article, TSA swabbing flyers' hands for explosives during what they're terming as chat-downs. Instead of pat-downs, it's, it's the same goal as a pat-down, which would be discover a terrorist device. Well, this is a chat-down now they're doing. They're, they're, they're combining this with all of the other evil things they're doing. A Michigan, Michigan journalist suffered... Suffering from a facial disability, has described his treatment at the hands of TSA behavioral detection officers as frightening. In other words, the guy's got a facial possibly paralysis or something like that, and the behavioral detection, you know, facial recognition types of big brother people are pulled him aside uh, and he was detained and swabbed for explosives just because of his facial expressions now they're swabbing people's hands for explosive residues to see if they're you know improvising any kind of IEDs that they're going to bring on port or whatever this was following a refusal to tell the agent what his business was on a domestic trip from Detroit to Grand Rapids uh, next one uh, this was unbelievable. Man with knife executed by police firing squad. Six police officers gunned down a Michigan man with 46 shots in five seconds. And you can watch this on a video clip that was videoed. Uh, not one police officer even attempted to use a taser. And the man was not even coming at them, but was actually trying to walk away. I believe he had a knife. Six police officers in an open like field on the side of the road Six police officers in a line. This guy is like ten feet away from them, and he has a knife. And they're telling him to put the knife down. And, and, and he's belligerent, but he was not coming at them with the knife. When he turns to walk away, they fire on him. Forty-six shots in five seconds, killing the guy. Nobody even attempted to use a taser. <laughs> this is the state of, of America you know that we're in right now. These, I'm sorry, but that was beyond cowardice. If I've ever seen cowardice and it's, it's caught on tape here, you can watch it for yourself. Next article, two Texas schools are preparing to use RFID spy chips in the student IDs for tracking purposes. Um, RFID, which stands for radio frequency identification, uses tiny microchips to track items from a distance. These RFID microchips have earned the nickname spy chips because each contains a unique identification number, like a social security number uh, for things. These identification and tracking numbers can be read silently and invisibly by radio waves right through walls, clothing, purses, backpacks, and wallets. A coalition of privacy and civil liberties organizations have issued a position paper against the use of RFAD tracking chips in schools. Now, you know they have these in passports now. They've also got them in some credit cards. And uh, I even believe possibly some driver's licenses. So you go to ID Stronghold. IDStronghold.com, I believe, and they've got wallets for men where all of, the, uh, all of your cards are shielded. They've got passport wallets that shields the RFID chip in your passport because people can purchase uh, RFID readers and configure them to basically, you walk by them if you're in the right, if you're close enough to them, they can get the information from your credit cards, from your Passports, your driver's licenses, and things like that. And uh, obviously, it would be a tremendous identity theft tool. So, and not only that, the government, you know, obviously knows if, if they're scanning, they know exactly who you are and where you are uh, with that as well. So, um, you might want to check that out. A coalition of privacy and civil liberty organizations have issued a position paper against the use of RFID tracking chips in schools. In it, they call for a moratorium on the use of the controversial chip-based tracking technology. And again, if if all of us just do nothing when these things are implemented, well, then that just gives the Illuminati the green light that, you know, the sheeple people are are ready for more uh, repression, they're ready for more um, control, and we're going to implement it further. So this is why, you know, it's good to resist evil, which is what we're talking about here. This comes just as San Antonio's Northside Independent School District is preparing to use RFID ch- spy chips in student IDs for tracking purposes. Jay High School and Jones Middle School say they plan to require students to participate in the new tracking system in order to boost revenues lost due to absences. Give me a break. But they're, they wear these, these IDs around their neck and in their RFID tracking chips and they know exactly where you are at all times. Uh, Jay High School honor student Angela or Andrea Hernandez is fighting back. She is refusing to wear the mandatory tracking device based on her religious beliefs, and her father, Steve, and her mother are backing her. Uh, and there's a link there that you can click on to see more about that. Uh, it was on the n- local news there. So, our Caspian, which is the um, group from uh, Catherine Albrecht's group for. Um, Caspian is a Consumers Against Supermarket Privacy Invasion and Numbering. It's a grassroots consumer group fighting retail surveillance schemes since 1999 and irresponsible RFID use since 2002, uh, with thousands of members in 50 states and over 30 countries worldwide. Caspian seeks to educate consumers about the marketing strategies that invade their privacy and encourage privacy-conscious shopping habits across the retail spectrum. And I give all the websites to her Website, spychips.com, antichips.com, nocards.org, car, no and again, it's in this 19-page uh, PDF for September 2nd, 2012 on contendingfortruth.com, all of the links to all the stories that we're talking about today. Uh, so, uh, let's see here. We've been joined by organizations around the world to educate the public about the dangers of RFID technology, and we're educating on the ground as well. Nearly two dozen people turned out yesterday for a Caspian-led protest to show their support for Andrea and speaking out against their tagging of the children at these schools. Andrea and her father have spoken up at a school board meeting tonight. They were joined by concerned citizens flooding in from all over Texas to support And decry the school's use of RFID tracking badges. See, if you let somebody get away with something, if you let Satan get away with something, you give him an inch, he's going to take a mile. This is the whole point here. Uh, It goes on to say, we won't give up or give in. Please join us in defending the privacy and civil liberties of all of our people, including our nation's kids. In freedom, Catherine Albrecht. So, again, I give all her contact info there. Um, Let's go to the next story here. Cops interrogate family for allowing kids to play outside. A family has been harassed by social, social services and police for the egregious crime of allowing their children to play outside in another example of how the nanny state is running wild through America. Leonor Skiznazi, editor of Free Range Kids website, was contacted by a mother in Virginia who related the story of how she was interrogated by police four times and visited by social services twice after her children were spotted playing outside, supposedly unsupervised, and that wasn't even the case. The mother said that despite the fact that she is careful about allowing her kids to stay over at other people's house because of a related childhood trauma of her own, she is being harassed by authorities because, quote, she is one of the only two families in that area that allows my children to play outside at all in our neighborhood, which is very safe. Is it any wonder that so many children end up being put on Ritalin and other psychotropic drugs, given that the happiest days of their lives in the key formative stage of their development is being strangled by such overbearing nonsense? Parents are being harassed by police and social services for caring for their children in ways which the same society would consider normal and healthy. Back in 2010, we reported on the case of a father of two who was harassed and investigated by Child Protective Services and police for feeding his daughter organic food, refusing to make them drink fluoridated poison tap water, because that's what it is, and not having them injected with mercury-laden vaccines. And not only, you know, mercury and a whole bunch of other stuff. So, again, woe unto them to call evil good and good evil. This is this is the state of our, our government, you know, uh, at this point. Next story. Actress hopes... Uh, well, on Sunday, Hollywood actress Ellen Barkin expressed, I just thought I'd throw this in, expressed her hope that Tropical Storm Isaac would smash up the Republican National Convention in Tampa and drown all of its delegates. She retweeted the message of one of her followers that read, Come on, Isaac, wash every pro-life, anti-education, anti-woman, and you know what that means, anti-woman, that means, that means they're pro-death, that means they, it's you know the whole abortion thing. They, they want a right to kill their own babies. And that's anti-woman, you know. It's a woman's right to kill her own baby, in other words. So, it says, come on, Isaac, wash every pro-life, anti-education, anti-woman, xenophobic, gay bashing, racist, SOB right into the ocean. And Barkin, um, did not express any remor- remorse over her retweet. So, this is the, this is the type of scum, slime, that we have in Hollywood. You know and this is their a lot of their un- unbelievably liberal bias and mindset this is where they're at you know and can you imagine if if anybody that was like in a pro-life or a Christian thing would have would have tweeted something like that this would this didn't even make you know it was just a blip on the news and, and it wasn't even a condemnation it was just a matter of stating it but if it was the other way around the liberal media would have just crucified anyone that would have had any kind of type of Christian benefit, they would have expressed the same views in in the opposite regard. Um, next article. President Obama was the only member of the Illinois legislature to not support a bill to provide medical care for newborns who survived late term failed abortions. And this is one of the key reasons pro-life voters will never support him. Now the Weekly Standard reporter, John McCormick has uncovered new audio of Obama as a state legislator in Illinois in 2003 defending this position. Obama essentially argues there is no need for a law to protect babies who survive late-term abortions because, in other words, if a woman went to get in an abortion and the baby was born alive, I don't exactly know how that would happen. I guess the, the The devil medical butcher wasn't able to kill the baby in the womb, and the baby was delivered. Well, okay, so the baby survives. Okay, so, again, Obama essentially argues that there is no need for a law to protect babies who survive late-term abortions because he trusts abortion practitioners to provide a quick death for the baby they unsuccessfully tried to kill in the abortion. And in that, they basically bring in another doctor who kills the baby. Now, I've said this before. I think that if they're going to do that, I think this this is how all abortions should be performed. They ought ought to all be late term. They ought to deliver the baby and let the mother and the father in unison grab onto the knife and, and hack up the baby. Right, Let them do it that way. Isn't that more honest? Is, isn't, isn't that what they're doing anyway? They're mutilating the baby in the womb. Oh, but it's more palatable if it's done in the womb when the lady's maybe uh, sedated and she can't see anything and the medical doctor does it and then, you know, oh, we don't have any blood on our hands. That's not how God views it at all. But at least this way, if the woman was forced to actually bring the, la- the, the baby and deliver the baby, okay, now you abort it, Mom and Dad. You do it in conjunction. You kill that cute little baby crying right now, and let's see, and I guarantee you, you know what that would do? I know you, you could say, well, that sounds heartless. Do you know how that would massively reduce the abortion rates? When they actually realize that this was a viable baby and not a fetal mass or whatever, like the these devil MDs and these pro-death, pro-abortion advocates try to argue that, that, oh, well, it's not even, It's it's just a, it's not a baby, it's not a human, it's just a, a fetal mass of tissue or whatever, and we're going to totally debunk that soon. I, I just think that that's you know that would massively, massively reduce abortion rates. You know, and it's much more honest. You know, hey, if you really want to go through with this, okay, you're going to have to bear the full brunt of this. You're going to have to be the executioner. I mean, you really are. You went there. You are the executioner. But no, we're actually going to make you and the dad be the hand of the executioner. Literally guaranteed. <laughs> that would massively cut down on abortions worldwide. And so, and in other words, would end up being a very, very good thing. Because very few, I believe, would go through with it. Of course, in today's day and age, who knows? With, with as wicked as things are getting. But um, I guarantee it would still cut down massively. Uh, so, Obama... Um, Obama, as a member of the Illinois Senate, opposed a state version of the federal Born Alive Infant Protection Act, which is a measure that would make sure babies who survive abortions are given proper medical care. He opposed that. This bill also protected babies who were aborted through a purposeful, premature birth, and then left to die afterwards. So, Obama is the most pro-death, pro-abortion, pro-gay, pro-homosexual evil, devil, senator ever on record. And this is the current devil, evil occupant of the White House. Satan's seed, essentially, is literally, you know, the one who occupies the White House. And this is the same guy. Um, So, this is the same monster that is the current president of the United States. So, again, you know, this is what we're dealing with here. Uh, Pure total evil and somebody that is that evil has no bones about doing anything evil to the population okay and so let's play this this newest commercial that i just saw uh, abortion survivor rips obama on infanticide in a new ad i just saw this this goes right along with what we just heard
4: i'm going to tell you something you might not know many children more than you might think actually survive failed abortions and are born alive I know because I'm one of them. I was aborted and my body discarded like I didn't exist. But a nurse heard me crying and cared enough to save my life. There's something else you may not know. When he was in the Illinois State Senate, Barack Obama voted to deny basic constitutional protections for babies born alive from an abortion. Not once, but four times. I know it's by the grace of God I'm alive today, if only to ask America this question. Is this the kind of leadership that will move us forward? That would discard the weakest among us? How will you answer? Susan B. Anthony List is responsible for the content of this advertising.
0: I mean, how pitiful. Lord have mercy. God bless her. Precious thing. There there is somebody that literally was scheduled to be aborted and survived, and and a nurse came to her rescue. I mean, what a sad, sad, sick state of affairs. I mean, I just don't see how somebody could hear that commercial, and and how could their conscience be so seared with a hot iron that that wouldn't move you, you know? Ugh. Anyway, that that commercial totally confirms what we just talked about with Obama. Um... Just you know, of all the things going on in America, you know, as far as what we're aware of, at least that's that's got to be right near the top of the list. All of the four thousand aborted babies every day that essentially are aborted every day, and and we again we've got the most pro-death, pro-abortion president ever on record. And you got to believe that. How could God not judge a nation when you have that kind of leadership as well? I mean, not to say he's the sole cause. Of God judging uh, America, but um, you know, it sure is not helping anything. Next article: uh, the last of thirty-two criminal charges against Planned Parenthood that were filed as part of a larger case brought by former Kansas Attorney General uh, Attorney General Phil Phil Klein were dropped by prosecutors today. So they had cri- thirty-two criminal charges against Planned Parenthood. Okay, um, they were all dropped by prosecutors today, prompting outrage and a demand from a pro-life organization for the resignation of a district attorney who took over the prosecution. In other words, Planned Parenthood is being protected. They're being, they're being treated like, um, you know, they, they're getting all these special privileges and special treatments, and Big Brother's making sure that they're protected. You know, Satan's protecting his own, essentially. Staff members of Operation Rescue say they have uncovered documentation revealing that the records, supposedly, quote, destroyed earlier by the state and cited as a reason for the dismissal of the series of 49 counts, including 23 felonies, were actually not even destroyed. The case against Planned Parenthood, which, if convicted, could have faced the loss of hundreds of millions of dollars in taxpayer funding, dates back years but they dropped it all because they don't want to. They don't want to bring a charge against one of Satan's most favorite uh, brainchilds and in babies, essentially. You know that's a bad term and word, but it's it's Satan's creation, Planned Parenthood, essentially, and uh, Satan's protecting his own. So the full article's there if you want to read more about that. Uh, here's another another article according to Alberto Gubellini and Francesca Minerva. Uh, Minerva is a <laughs> one of the gods that, uh, goddesses that um uh, earlier races sacrifice. I believe when I did that teaching on Lilith, I talked about Minerva. Anyway, Francesca and Minerva, they both said that, quote, after birth abortions are being proposed as a form of contraception that would allow babies to be killed after they're born. Now, this is the scenario I just brought up. Which is actually much more, okay, but I think you should make the, the mom and the dad kill the baby if you're going to do this. You know, they're actually saying they really want this to happen. You know, they could, why don't they just have a little altar right there? They could sacrifice it right to Satan or whoever, Lilith, Chemosh, Moloch, whatever. And, and then that way they could really, really get back to their pagan roots because this is where this all stems from, the occult from Satanism. Okay, child sacrifice. Whenever a country has that level of child sacrifice, God's judgment always follows. It has to. You just look in the Old Testament over and over again. That and homosexuality. When they when they run rampant, I mean, look at Sodom and Gomorrah. It's just a matter of time before God judges. In a paper published in the Journal of Medical Ethics, and there, there's a link to this paper, it says, quote, when circumstances occur after birth, that would have justified abortion, whatever that is. What we call afterbirth abortions should be permissible. We propose to call this practice afterbirth abortion rather than infanticide, because they're, they they don't want to say, "Oh, it's we're killing an infant." They want to say afterbirth abortion. They want to have the terms, you know. Uh, more politically correct and they we would rather have this rather than infanticide to emphasize that the moral status of the individual killed is comparable with that of a fetus rather than that of a child. So see a fetus doesn't count if it's in that fetal state oh it's just a blob of tissue it's not even we, we don't we don't want to concern ourselves with that. We want to so that way morally we feel that that we're we're still in the right doing this. Okay, uh, goes on to say therefore we claim that killing a newborn and they're saying killing a newborn <laughs> at least they're being honest about that. We, therefore we claim that killing a newborn could be ethically permissible in all the circumstances where abortion would be. Well, what is that? Well. The mother feels financially burdened. Oh, okay. Kill the baby. The baby should be killed because it's going to be too much of a burden financially. There's there's thousands and thousands, most likely millions of people that want to adopt babies. I mean, they've sterilized large, gigantic swaths of, of um, the world through, I mean, you name it. I've gotten into all the ways they're trying to sterilize us to cut down on the birth rates. And there's more... People that would, you know, even if there were no abortions, there would still be not enough um, uh, babies to go around for all the people that want to adopt. So, I mean, you know, that that is such garbage, these arguments. So, anyway, let's go further. Uh, They claim that killing a newborn could be ethically permissible in all the circumstances where abortion would be. Such circumstances include cases where the newborn has the potential to have at least to have... In at least acceptable life, but the well-being of the family is at risk. Oh, so the baby's putting the well-being of the family at risk, maybe financially, so the baby has to die. And mom didn't know this until she was actually getting ready to deliver. She didn't realize all the hospital bills and all the things that go on, raising a kid and buying diapers and doing all this other stuff. And she's like, you know what? I just think that I'm going to deliver this this child, and, and you know, we need to we need to abort it because I've really had a change of heart here. I mean, this is the sick, sick state of affairs we're in with this wicked, evil, disgusting world that we live in. I'm not indicting my listeners or the body of Christ. I'm just saying that in general, this is where we're at. Well. Okay, Alberto Gubellini and Francesca Minerva, hear the word of God. Because I could care less about your satanic opinion or whatever politically correct eugenicist satanic viewpoints you might have. I could care less. All I really care about is what does the word of God say? Well, Jeremiah one four would seem to contradict you in that it says, Then the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, and I believe this is Jeremiah, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee before we were even conceived. God knows us. Did you know that? And before thou camest out of the womb, I sanctified thee. What does that word mean? Sanctified. To be made holy and set apart for God's use. Okay? Before I formed thee in the womb, I sanctified thee and ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. <laughs> okay? That would kind of disprove this whole fetal glob mass thing. Oh, it just needs to die if we so deem it. Well, yeah, if you want to play God, you know, small g, satanic God, yeah. But that's what a lot of people do. Ephesians 2.10. For we are his workmanship, a born-again believer, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. It's almost as though God had our life planned out before we were; it was it was ordained to these things. So, going further, Psalm twenty-two nine. But Thou art He that took me out of the womb, meaning God. Thou didst make me hope when I was upon my mother's breast. I was cast upon Thee from the womb. Thou art my God from my mother's belly. Oh, but the fetal glob thing—that doesn't really line up with the whole, that whole fetal mass of tissue thing. Thou art my God for my mother's belly? That's how God views it. I could care less about any of these satanic devils. May the Lord Jesus Christ rain down his fury on them. I mean, how 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 much lower can you get when you're killing little innocent babies in the womb that can't even protect themselves? It doesn't get much worse than that. Poor little things that can't even protect themselves. Psalm 139.13, 13, For thou hast possessed my reins, thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. The mother's womb should be the safest place on the earth for a baby. Unfortunately, it is the most dangerous place on earth for a baby. Statistically speaking, if you look at abortions worldwide, it is the most, it's, it's a gauntlet. Just to be born in this world in today's day and age. You've already, you know, statistically had to beat some serious odds just to be born. With as many abortions as there are worldwide. You know, we talk about American statistics, 4,000 a day. What about when we start to look worldwide? I did, I've done reports before, um, and I give you the link to my teaching I've done on this. I've done several. Obviously, I've mentioned abortion, but um, I give you the link to the, the one I've done the uh, massacre of innocence and if you start to look at the statistics worldwide it's been way over a billion since they started keeping statistics on abortions and that 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 is probably very conservative billion and that's just abortions what about iud abortions where the woman gets the uterine device that's what they cause they irritate the lining of the uterus so that the egg the fertilized egg can't implant that's most of the time the reason how they work. The pill, the patch, um, all that potentially work as abortifactants, meaning that it will allow implement it will allow an egg to be fertilized and it comes down the fallopian tube, but the uterine lining isn't fit for implementation, so the baby is essentially aborted. Yes, it's very tiny, but in God's eyes, if God, you know. If God knows us before He forms us in the womb and He says that in His Word, then in God's eyes that's still a baby. What about all those abortions? What about the morning after pills that they're taking now? Oh, I had unprotected sex last night, you know, and so I need to take this morning after pill to kill any potential baby in my What about all those what about all those millions and millions of deaths that are not even reported? See, God's keeping track of all this. The angels are keeping track of all this. I believe all this. And it's all this innocent blood crying out from the land that, I mean, we don't, we have no clue what the actual statistics are. We, we don't, we have no clue. I guarantee you the other things that I mentioned are responsible for multiple, multiple, multiple times more than the actual abortion statistics are responsible for. Guaranteed. Are their lives any less important? These other statistics from the pill, the patch, the inner uterine devices, the morning after pills, well, I think in God's eyes, it's all the same. So, you know, I'm not saying this to try to step on toes, but the Bible says, I might therefore become your enemy because I tell you the truth. I, I say it because I love you enough to tell you the truth about those types of things. And I've even done a study on this, just key in um, contraception in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com, uh, got into that in depth. You know, not my opinion, just documenting how these birth control methods work. Uh, let's go further here. <clears throat> um, Psalm 139.14, I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. And then, my substance was not hid from thee, meaning my substance was, I believe in here we're talking about the soul and the spirit, was not hid from thee when I was made in secret and curiously wrought, meaning curiously made, in the lowest parts of the earth. I don't understand fully, but there's some really interesting implications there. Um... My substance was not hid from thee, meaning was not hid from God, when I was made in secret and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Now, we're not talking about hell here, okay? Remember, uh, there was paradise at one time was in the center of the earth, um, and there was a great gulf fix between them, and this is the, Lazarus and the rich man. I believe that when Jesus came, he took captivity captive, and they went to heaven with him. I believe the Bible's very clear on that. And um, that's when the people that were in paradise were actually taken to heaven. Now, whether that was where we were actually made, paradise, I don't know. Can't say; haven't been there. These are these are just things that are you're you just all you can really do is speculate on. And I don't like to get a whole lot into that to to like just really major on that stuff. There's so many major like earth-shattering things right now. I don't like to get into gigantic arguments about stuff like that that are purely speculative. But this is an interesting verse. And then the next verse says. Thine eyes did see my substance, meaning God's eyes, did see my substance, yet being unperfect. And in thy book, all my members were written, which in continuance were fashioned, when as yet there was none of them. So is like he creates us out of thin air. You know? Um, he created Adam from the dust of the earth. So he had to, I mean, he creates us, the Lord Jesus Christ. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made according to John, the first chapter of John. So, uh, now the last verse implies, as Jeremiah 1.5, that God knows us before we are ever born. So, again, this is real easy to argue a pro-life stance just using the Bible. I don't care if an atheist or some pro-abortion person doesn't like it. I could care less that they don't like it. I don't like them murdering babies. I don't like them massacring innocent little precious babies in the womb. And neither does God. And I could care less if I step on any of their toes or whatever, because their end, if they don't repent, is going to be far worse than anything I could ever even possibly try to do to them. Because their end is going to be hell, and then into the lake of fire for eternity. That's where they're going to end up. So they need to be told the truth now and, you know, prayed for, and if it be possible, I do pray their souls be saved. But very few that have gone that far into that deep of, I mean, this really, truly, they've been, a lot of them have truly been turned over to a reprobate mind, like Romans 1 talks about. And they've had their conscience seared with a hot iron, as 1 Timothy 4, one talks about, and, you know, they're just, they're the seed of Satan, essentially. They're of the tares and the wheat. They're tares. They're just, you know, the wicked go astray from the womb. They speak lies as soon as they be born. You know, God hath created all things for himself, yea, even the wicked for the day of evil. I don't understand all that quite, but I'm telling you, vessels of wrath fitted, meaning prepared aforetime for God's destruction, like the Bible talks about in Hebrews. So the Bible's very clear on that. And um, I've talked a lot about that in previous teachings. The one I got a lot into those verses was the one I did on Star Children, Indigo Children. Just key that in the search box at ContendingForTruth.com. We got into that article, into that subject in depth. Okay, so um, we've covered a lot of bases here. Uh, let's see. Okay, so on this subject, we're going to continue down this road. We just got this this week. Now, I've heard about them, but this is more of an update from one of my listeners, Eric. And he said, Brother Scott, please listen to the audio in the upper right hand corner. It's only a few minutes long. He gives me the link and it's the, uh, to a website called stopsteracycle.com, blood money. Here's a petition to stop these evildoers. And he gives a link there. Now we're going to get into this further, okay, what this is all about. Uh, these are the ones that, that basically haul the aborted babies away from the Planned Parenthood clinics and the other abortion clinics and, and incinerate them and dispose of them. This is the company that's in charge of doing that. Well, it's not a company, and you always think about just want to focusing in on the abortion providers, but what about the other companies that are equipping them and facilitating them and also profiteering off this blood money? Okay? So when we realize that this is the very day we live in is actually much like Nazi Germany. It's that bad. Psalm 94, 16 said, Who will rise up against me for against Who will rise up for me against the evildoers? Or who will stand up for me against the workers of iniquity? That's God's question to us. Okay, this is what we're supposed to do. Supposed to do. We're not supposed to just sit idly by, oh I'll just let parent parenthood kill all the little babies. It's not my problem. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, everything's good. You know, we're not supposed to be that way. We're supposed to defend the fatherless and the the widows and the orphans and, and, you know, when, and it goes on to say, when will America's glorious church take this seriously and glorious as tongue in cheek? Evidently, the majority simply have not the Holy Spirit of God, much like Sardis, the church of Sardis did. Revelation 3, 1. And under the angel of the church of Sardis write, These things saith he that hath the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know thy works, that thou hast a name, that thou livest and art dead. Like a dead church. Typical for what we have today. Also the Laodicean church of Revelation 3. That is neither hot nor cold, but they're lukewarm. And God's going to vomit them out of his mouth as a result of that. But yet they think they're in need of nothing. You, you go to you, you look at these churches like Smiley... Joel Osteen or these ones, and they go there, you know, to their five hundred one C three corporate palaces every week, and they get some some sermon to tickle their ears, and they really think they're in need of nothing. We're we're doing pretty good. We're you know, and they they just don't even preach on these types of issues. Not all churches, but the majority by far, you know. Um, Jeremiah five one two says, "Run ye to and fro." through the streets of Jerusalem, and see now, and know, and seek in the broad places thereof, if ye can find a man, if there be any that executeth judgment. Oh, we judge not lest ye be judged. Now now I know you're, oh, okay, so how do you explain this verse? I can explain it. Judge not lest ye be judged was when you have a beam in your own eye, and you're judging the speck in your brothers. In other words, you're a hypocrite. Then it even says, take out the beam in your own eye so you can judge the speck in your brothers. It's not to say we're nitpicky, whatever, but God is a God of judgment. We are supposed to judge justly. Jesus Christ said, judge righteous judgment. He that is spiritual judgeth all things. These are New Testament verses. If we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. We're supposed to judge ourselves. We're supposed to judge wickedness because there is no justice, the hand of God has departed from us, essentially. And that's in all throughout the Old Testament. I mean, all throughout. When God, when there is no righteous judgment in the land, God removes salvation from that people. The Bible talks about God drawing the arm of his salvation back to himself. Very few people will even be able to get saved. And you see very few people getting saved. I talked to a, a a brother, the other day, and he said that, uh, his preacher, he said the biggest thing now preventing people from getting saved is you can't get them lost. Now, you understand what that means? That means that people think that, well, I'm okay. I'm really not that bad of a person. I'm not, I don't really believe in a literal hell, number one, and I'm really not that bad of a person compared to that mass murder guy, that pedophile down the street. And I'm really not lost. And if you're not lost, then you're not in need of a savior. Because you're going to earn your way to heaven. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy. He, meaning Jesus Christ, saved us. Not by works of righteousness. Yes, works of righteousness follow conversion. Yes, you can show someone your faith by your works after you get saved. But you're not earning your way to heaven. Like the Catholics believe. Oh, we've got to keep the seven sacraments. We've got to do this. Every cult on the planet believes that. There's only two religions in the world. There's works based, man based cult religions Catholicism, Mormonism, Jehovah Witnessism, Shintoism, Hinduism, Buddhism. All of them are works based. Well, you gotta do this and you gotta do that, and you're gonna earn your way to wherever it is. Even even Muslims. How do they get to be with Allah? What's the best way? We'll go up and blow up a whole bunch of, of Jews and, and um Americans and um the more you blow up, the better, and then you can have your seventy-two virgins and your white-skinned boys in their in their version of paradise. That's what the Muslims believe, and those white-skinned boys are in there. <laughs> That's some sick stuff there. Um, but you know that that whole dancing boys of Afghanistan. You ever see that sick documentary in the Muslims? That would make a lot more sense if you thought about it from that standpoint. How they like their little boys anyway. I'm not making this stuff up. I'm telling you what they're guilty of. Okay? Documented. Guilty of. So there's only two religions in the world. And then there's Bible-believing, born-again Christianity, which has no denominational label as far as I'm concerned, because I don't see any Bible for denominations. It's not 501c3. It's not any particular denomination. It's just Bible-believing Christianity. The King James Bible in English-speaking language, the Word of God. For you're saved by grace through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God not of works, lest any man should boast. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth on him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Jesus Christ said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. For we are all together as an unclean thing, and all our righteousness are as filthy rags before God. So if we try, and we think we're going to earn our way to heaven, and we're going to do it through our own good works, we are totally delusional, and all that is is a filthy rag in God's sight. Now, I've covered this subject in depth, the whole subject of salvation. And just go up to contendingfortruth.com, click on the salvation tab at the very top, and just listen to those teachings in the order I have them listed. And you know, cover all the things about salvation, baptism, uh, and then the concepts of overcoming as a Christian and bearing the cross of Christ. Okay, so cover all of those subjects. In in in, I just can't do it right now. But um, this is this is the thing that we're talking about. So. Back to Jeremiah 5 1 2. Run ye to and fro through the streets of Jerusalem, and see now, and know, and seek in the broad places thereof, if ye can find a man, if there be any that executeth judgment, which is a good thing, and I don't mean hypocritical judgment, I mean righteous judgment. God loves righteous judgment. And we should too, if we're created in his image, if we're but that's not talked about very much in the churches. That seeketh truth. Very few people now want real truth. The truth is too painful. They've got too much invested in their, let's say if they name the name of Christ and they say they're a born again Christian. They've got too much invested in their respective preacher slash denomination slash mindset. Maybe they've got a whole lifetime invested in it. Maybe they've been brought up in it and they've never really been even told the truth about a lot of the things that we get into on a weekly basis here. And for them to break free from that is too much. It would cost too much for them to break free. It's, it's too painful. They got too much invested. Don't confuse me with the facts because my mind, are, my mind is made up. You ever hear that expression? Well, that's where they're at. And there is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. I'm not saying that all of them are unsaved. I'm just saying a lot of them probably are. Most likely. They're trusting in a works based religion, they have no desire for truth. Not a real good equation. They're trusting in their heart. You know, but the Bible says the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? And again, there is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end they're over the ways of death. Proverbs fourteen twelve. The fool oh uh, no, um He that trusteth in his own heart is a fool. Proverbs twenty eight twenty six. So you know, trusting your heart is no <laughs> not the thing you want to do either. Okay, you trust in the word of God, what the word of God says. But anyway, uh, so, if there be any that executeth judgment, that seeketh the truth, and I will pardon it, meaning he'll pardon the city. And they say, the Lord liveth, surely they swear falsely. In other words, you could go into a congregation like this, which I believe God would view like the congregation of the dead, like the Bible talks about. And if the blind leadeth the blind, they'll both fall into a ditch. Most of the time, in most churches, the pastors are just as blind as the congregation. The blind leadeth the blind, they'll both fall into a ditch. And they'll say, oh, the Lord liveth, but surely they swear falsely. Cursed be the man that trusteth in man, and that maketh flesh his arm, and whose heart departeth from the Lord. Jeremiah seventeen five. So you gotta be real careful where you're putting your trust. Isaiah 29, 13 says, Wherefore the Lord said, For as much as this people draw near me with their mouth, and with their lips they do honor me, but have removed their heart far from me. And their fear toward me is taught by the precept of men. Again, trusting in man and study the word of God. So anyway, that's like the, the, um, forward into the next part of the study and i've really got to stop here to go to the next part where we're going to talk about stericycle actually burning aborted babies in north carolina at an incineration plant and you and actually pictures of the smokestacks where the smoke of the aborted babies are going up into the air yeah that's what we're going to talk about next so i'll see you in part three god bless you